Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Are you excited in the presence of God this morning? Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? God is faithful. God is good at all times. He's good yesterday, he's good today. He'll remain good forever. And he will not leave us, he will not forsake us. He said, can a mother forget the baby as her breast? Can a mother forget her suckling child? He said, though she may forget, I will not forget you. Because I've inscribed you in the palms of my hands. God, look at the palms this morning. Every time I wake up, I say, Lord, look at your palm. Adewale is there. Beola is there. My sons are there. And so no evil can befall us. We will not lack any good thing. It will show up for you in the name of Jesus Christ. This morning I will be ministering on a topic called Helpers of Destiny. Helpers of Destiny. I trust God that God will magnify his word in your heart. He will grant us inspiration, illumination, and revelation in his word in the mighty name of Jesus. It will open our eyes of understanding that the seed of his word will germinate and magnify. And then we become testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. And so this morning, I want to talk about helpers of destiny. Many of us do not know that success in life is not a solo project. You need people to help you. You cannot run your life on your own. Two Sundays ago, pastors started a teaching on power relationships. I'm sure it's going to conclude when it comes back. But this morning, I want to take an aspect and discuss the issue of the helpers of destiny. I've been a beneficiary of them in my life. I've encountered them in various areas of my life. And I want to share some of these thoughts with you this morning. But let me first of all define what destiny is. So that we don't get caused up and mix it with something else. I want to start with Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It defines destiny as something to which a person or thing is destined. Destiny is something to which a person or thing is destined. It is a predetermined course of events, often held to be an irresistible power or agency. A predetermined course of events, often held to be an irresistible power or agency. In my own words, I would say destiny simply means God's plan for your life. The purpose for which he created you. God's plan for your life, the purpose for which he created you. It is God's predetermined path for your life before you were born. It is God's predetermined path for your life before you were born. It is a blueprint designed by God for your life. Your destiny is a blueprint designed by God for your life. 
Give me Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Either 28 or 12. Let's just take 29 and 30. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, who he predestined, this he also called, whom he called, this he also justified, and whom he justified, this he also glorified. So that's why I said it's a predetermined path for your life even before you are born. The second point I want you to ponder this morning as we discuss this topic of destiny is that God is the author of your destiny. Almighty God is the master planner. He's the architect who draws the plan of your life. Before he created you, he has a plan for your life. Give me Jeremiah 1, 4 to 5. He said, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Even before the mother of Jeremiah even, even thought of it. Yes, give me Jeremiah 1, 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Can you imagine a child in the womb? Ordained as a prophet to the nations by the almighty God. Even before the mother conceived him. So God is the author of our destiny. God is the master planner. The architect that draws the plan of your life. And he's the one that created the blueprint. I also fear God. Because when I read about Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 9 verse 16. I fear God. Give me Exodus chapter 9 verse 16. And see what he said about Pharaoh. So, but indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up. That I may show my power in you. And that my name may be declared in all the earth. That's why the Bible said God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. The only reason the destiny of Pharaoh is to afflict the children of God. Can you imagine? God said, for this very purpose, I have raised you up. That is the destiny of Pharaoh. So that God can show himself mighty on behalf of the descendants of Abraham. The third point I want you to point out this morning is that your destiny is to be a great man. Your destiny is to be a great woman. No destiny is bad. Everyone has a great destiny. The greatness of God is inside of us. So you are a great man, you are a great woman. Your destiny is for you to be great. If you check the book of Luke chapter 1 verses 13 to 17, even before John was born, when the angel was giving the prophecy to the mother, God already declared John to be great. Give me Luke chapter 1, verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For we will be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even from his mother's womb. So God declared John. Whatever he does. Whatever happens. Before he was born. Before he was conceived. God declared John. To be a great man. Fourth thing I want you to note about destiny. You cannot determine your destiny. 
I'm quoting pastor here. You can only discover it through the Holy Spirit. You cannot determine your own destiny. Just like the, what we read about John. John could not have discovered his destiny. I mean, we could not have determined his destiny. I beg your pardon. You can only discover it. Two Wednesdays ago, while pastor was ministering on power relationships, he gave us three major sources of discernment. Because if you want to know the things that have been freely given to you by God, if you want to find out about your destiny, the destiny of your children, the destiny of your nature, you must press on to God. It cannot happen outside of three sources that pastor mentioned. The Holy Spirit, the anointing, and the word of God. Every time you see God wants to proclaim something about somebody's destiny, the word of God will come to that person or the angel that will bear the word of God will show up. So you cannot determine your destiny. You can only discover it through the Holy Spirit and through discernment. And three major sources, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, and the word of God. I want to say in this way that the counsel of God over your life and your family stands sure forever. When God has determined that you are going to be great, when God has spoken concerning your life, his counsel over your life stands sure forever. Psalm 33 verse 11. Nobody can move it except you fail to cooperate with God Almighty. So the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plan of his heart to all what? To all generations. Including yours, including mine. The ones that have been before us and the ones that will come after us. The counsel of the almighty God over your life, over my family is sure forever. Five points to ponder this morning because of time. There are two major influences that affect our destiny. Two major things that will affect your destiny whether you will fulfill it or you will not. It can affect it positively and it can also affect it negatively. The first one is the sovereignty of the almighty God himself. The one who designed your destiny, the master planner, the architect, the one who designed the blueprint is a major factor that can affect your destiny. And you and I know that God is a benevolent God. He will not bring any negative to you. The second factor is your own free will. The free will of man. Man is a free moral agent. You decide what you want. You are here today because you decide to come to church. Others are at home watching by live streaming. Others may be paying by by Jebu this morning. I'm telling you. Others may be on their way to the shrine. To go and pour libation to their ancestors. So you're a free moral agent that determines your own destiny. So the combination of these determines who you are going to be. God is constantly benevolent. But will man cooperate with God to fulfill his destiny? That is the question you ask yourself this morning. Am I cooperating with God or am I cooperating with my enemies? 
Let's check Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 13 to 16. For us to see what could make God to change his mind concerning certain things he has declared. Give me Ezekiel 33 from verse 13. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered, but because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Again, when I say to the wicked, and listen to God, you shall surely die. If he turns from his sin and does what is lawful and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen, and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. Yeah, the children of Israel, my people say, the way of the Lord is not fear, but it's their way, which is not fear. So God is telling us, you are righteous, you have a good destiny with me. I have great plans for you to prosper you, to give you a future that you, that you, that you hope for. And then you go ahead to violate my commandments and turn upside down my instructions. You are not violating just God's commandment, you are violating your own destiny. Then God said you shall live and you shall not die. But you keep on doing things that will make the divine judgment of death to come upon you. Then you are the one twisting your destiny. It's not God. Because you are a free moral agent. God will do that which he wants to do. The weekend that is destined for death and repents and says, No Lord, I'm turning from my way of evil. We fulfill destiny. And the one who is righteous, his righteousness will no longer answer for him because of disobedience. So don't forget those two factors that every time you want to discover your destiny and you are crying to God, Lord help me, let my destiny be fulfilled. Know that God is constant in his benevolence. He doesn't waste his resources. What he has declared, declared concerning you will come to pass. But it's left to you as a free moral agent to cooperate with God. And that has nothing to do whether you are spirit-filled or you are tongue-talking or you are born again. Because as we are going to see in the scriptures, many spirit-filled people still miss their destiny because they disobey God. Number six things. Let's check those who aborted their own destinies and that of their families. Three key people I will mention here for the sake of time we can study it. You and I know the first king of Israel, Saul. There was no king in Israel. God has always been their king. And that was the first time God was going to give a king to Israel. And the Lord fell upon this man called Saul. But he aborted his destiny by disobeying God's command. God was not supposed to look for another king. Even though Israel asked for a king. And he said he gave them a king in his hunger. And took him away in his wrath. But honestly, if Saul has behaved himself, God will have perpetrated his dynasty. 1 Samuel 15, 22-28. We are familiar with the story. Give me 1 Samuel Quickly on the screen. So Samuel said, as the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you. From being king. 
His destiny was to be king. His dynasty was to last forever. But this man disobeyed God and God rejected him. He sabotaged his destiny. Not only did he sabotage his destiny, he sabotaged the destiny of his lineage. Everyone, even Jonathan, lost his life because of the disobedience of this man. God forbid that you and I will sabotage our destiny and that of our family in the name of Jesus. Our posterity shall be preserved in the mighty name of Jesus. Even the children that I see in our loins will be like Abraham who will carry our household to obey God. And because of us, God will continue to bless generations after us because of his friend, Abraham. So it's very important for us to be careful that man can also abort his destiny. Now compare David, the son of Jesse. He's the one man that perpetrated his destiny and God said he will not lack his son to sit upon the throne. That even our Lord Jesus came from that lineage of David. Even when Solomon messed up, God said, I cannot take all the 12 kingdoms from his hands. For the sake of my servant David, I will retain two. Because God has promised him. And he cooperated with God. Even when he messed up, always going back to God. Never for once did he decide to be on his own. Now this morning, let me move to this destiny help us. And I want to share a story with us. Luke chapter 5 quickly, verses 17 to 26. That's the story of one man there, a paralytic. Whose four friends decides to help him. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. That there were Pharisees and teachers of the Lord sitting by. Who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on the bed a man who was, who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find out, they might bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Let me not go into the query of the Pharisees and the lawyers sitting down there. The same story is in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. But I want to say some things that these friends, if you get to Mark chapter 2, you see that these friends are four in number that carried this, their paralytic friend, who as we see eventually showed that it was because of his sin that he was paralyzed. But they never gave up on this, their friend. These guys are destiny helpers. This man will have died in his inglorious position. That's the first thing I noticed when I read this story. As a paralytic without fulfilling destiny. He was under that bondage of paralysis because of his sin. But his four friends could no longer leave him alone. They carried him so that they can look for help. And when there was no way, the Pharisees and the crowd were there. They cannot even access Jesus. I don't know whether they have builders among them. Or they have architects. They went to go and remove the roof. So that they can lower their friends. His four friends believe there is more to his life and destiny beyond his physical state. These friends believe that the paralysis is for a while and his destiny is great. The Bible says we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves. I know despite that man's position, he was not alone. He remained in contact with his acquaintances. 
Many of us, once we are offended, we jump out of fellowship. We don't go to church in the house any longer. We run away from departments because somebody has offended us. And then when you walk alone, you find out that the enemy will just take you for meat. Because you will not have anybody to back you up. You will not have the support that you need in the day of adversity. God forbid that you are alone in the day of adversity. The Bible says it's better. Two are better than one. Say one will chase a thousand. Say two will chase ten thousand. That whatever you cannot achieve alone, when you have friends, brothers, sisters, men in the same fellowship rising up on your behalf, just like this man rose on behalf of their friend, you will receive solutions to your problems. First Peter five ten. Give me first Peter five ten. Confirms that if you belong to Jesus, you cannot stay in the same negative position forever. He said, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and set you. Can you give me that in amplified version, please? Amplified version, please. First Peter 5.10 After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts his blessing and favor, who call you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. So these friends know this, their friends not supposed to be a paralytic for the rest of his life. So they were ready to take any step, and God was ready to help them, so that this man can be who he was to be. He was to be. Paralysis is just a face in his life. But he needs the helper who will take him to where the Savior who can deliver him. This man was a, is a work in progress just like you and I. Many of us are paralyzed in many areas in our lives. This man's own is physical. Many are paralyzed in their marriage. Many are paralyzed in their finances. Many are paralyzed in their health. Many are paralyzed in so many ministry. There are various dimensions of paralysis. And you need destiny helpers that will raise you so that Jesus can step into your situation. So that help can come from above. So that the story of your life can change. So that you too can have a testimony. And stand up that once I was like this, but today I am a new person. That's how we sang that song that can see everything turning around. There will be a turnaround for our good in the mighty name of Jesus. So these four friends of this paralytic man are what I can call destiny helpers. He was able to testify. Even because of his sin, he was able to rise above it because he met the Lord Jesus. And if you are here and you are falling and you are waiting for somebody to pick you up, God will pick you up this morning. Almighty God will show up for you in the mighty name of Jesus. When you fall, you are going to rise up again. If this paralytic man can fall and is in that state, I don't know how long he has been like that, but his friends show up and they took him to the Lord Jesus, God is going to pick you up too. And it's going to turn around your situation and circumstances. Now, what are the characteristics of these of destiny helpers? Number one, they connect you to the top and never to the bottom. Remember this book carried him. They went all the way to the roof. Honestly, I don't know how they did it. Imagine somebody trying to remove this roof. Or going to somebody's house to remove the roof. I don't know what type of materials they put on that roof. But whatever it is, they connected him to the top. Not to the bottom. 
They took him high up there so that they can lower him before the Savior. Destiny helpers will facilitate your destiny and add value to your life. They will facilitate your destiny. They will add value to your life. They are strategically positioned to help you arrive at your expected end. They go out of their way to help you. They help you to navigate through all obstacles. They will break the rule for your sake if there is need to do so. Destiny helpers helps you to succeed in your education, your career, your family, your marriage, and your business. All aspects of your life, they show up there. They excavate barriers for you. They fight your battles as if it is their own battle. They use their network to open doors of opportunities for you. They connect you with the right people. They mentor you. They share their experiences, their own mistakes, the scars that they have gotten through. And so they counsel you with wisdom so that you don't fall into the same ditch they have fallen before. Because you don't need to reinvent the wheels. If somebody has gone through the route before and has not worked, they will share it with you. Pitfalls along their own path of destiny. So they mentor you and share their experiences, counsel and give you wisdom that will save you from the pain of and frustration that they have gone through in their lives. Destiny helpers help you to bear your burdens. Share your burdens with you, they carry it. They are tools used by the Almighty God to manifest His plans for you. Tools used by the Almighty God to manifest His plans for you. They mentor you, they advise you, and they give you feedback. Yeah, you are messing up. Thank God for pastor. That's one area you will see with pastor. It will not means what, it will tell you the way it is. So that you can go and shape it up. They advise you, give you feedback when they feel you are going in directions you ought not to go. Give me Job 29 this morning, verses 14 to 17. Let me show you what destiny helpers also do. Job 29, please, from verses 14 to 17. Listen to Job. What Job was doing before things went bad for him. Job was a destiny apart to so many people. Listen to him. He said, I put on righteousness and he clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and I was feet to the lame. I was a father to the poor and I searched out the case that I did not know. I broke the fangs of the wicked and plucked the victim from his teeth. That is what the destiny helper will do for your life. They will not leave you alone. They will show up. They will rescue you from the hand of the wicked. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let me share my personal testimony with you. Just one, because I have several. Many years ago, when I qualified as a lawyer at the age of 21, I thought the whole world was in my front. And I was going to be like Solomon to just enjoy the best of everything I can see. I was young and I had no responsibility. So I enjoyed myself to the full. Six years down the road, God emptied me completely. I rambled and rambled for another four years. I traveled abroad. I spent about 18 months. 
They have to send six hundred dollars to me back to come back home. I came back to Nigeria. There was nothing I could lay on. I was living in a whole bungalow with a driver in my bus quarters, with everything a young man can be proud of. At the stage, I had about six girlfriends. I didn't even know there were many like that. <laughs> and I was enjoying life. By ten years after I left, I was called to the bar in 1988, November 3rd. By January 1988, that was 1998, there was nothing any longer. So I carried my bag and baggage. I prepared my CV. The lady that was dating, I thought I was going to marry, also went away with somebody else. So, in fact, that was the only asset remaining for me. So, at a stage, I started begging God. Say, okay, if this asset I'm holding on to, take it away. Because it appears you want to empty me to the ground. And so, take this girl out of my life. But I cannot break up after nine years of relationship. So, God, I was emotionally attached. It was tough. It was rough. But God, in his infinite mercy, showed her another man. And she followed him to England. So, she came to my office and told me, well... I've gotten married, this is marrying, and I prayed for her, thank God, I'm free now to start life afresh. The first job I got with a lawyer, I told myself, I was not going to, after 10 years of being a lawyer, I'm not going to go and start work as a charge and be a lawyer because I'm desperate for money. I'll go and take a job. And the first job I took on Lagos Island, then they were paying me 6000 Barely enough to do anything. I'll go to the back of Mandela to go and buy fairly used shirts, fairly used suits, from those malam there, I go there on Saturday so that nobody will see me. I go to the back of Mandela's and pick this nice shirt there. Clean just came out at that material time. I will half wash them, high on them, starch them, do many things. Eventually, my salary increased to eight thousand, eight to ten thousand, twelve, fifteen. I think by the time I left that chambers, my salary has increased to hundred thousand. But what I want to share with you is my destiny helper. One day while I was in these chambers. I got a call from one of our clients. He's an Italian. He has a multinational construction company in Nigeria. I don't know whether the man is still alive or late now. But wherever he is, God will have mercy upon him and his family. Quite old man. If I came to Nigeria the day the year I was born, he told me while I've been in Nigeria since 1967. And so he sent his accountant to call me one day. And I got to the man's office. I said, sir, I'm here. Is there any problem with some of the matters? He said, no. He said, you is you I want. I said, Why? He said, how much do you need to start your own chambers? I said, oh. I said, sir, I'm not even thinking about now. Right now, God is just packaging me again. And I'm not ready to run into anything that I'm going to burn my fingers. He said, no. I wanted to help me. Do I have a figure? I said, unless I go back to the office, I go and look how much am I going to... The only asset I have are my books. But in terms of office, in terms of furniture, in terms of... I said, I don't know. He said, go and put a figure on it. And come back to me. He said, don't go anywhere. I go to my accountant. So we sit down there. Make calls to estate agents. Call everybody and tell me what, how much you are going to need. So I sat down there with the accountant. And I got some figure. Seven digits. And the accountant said, take it to him now. So I went to him. So I said, sir, this is what I'm going to need to start my practice. And he called the accountant. I won't mention the figure. And he wrote the check for me. And he said, go and start your practice. You're a very good man. Competent lawyer. You're a fantastic man. I know your boss is not treating you well. And I want you to start something on your own. I'm taking you like my own son. I look at the figure. I say, sir, how am I going to pay this money back? Because one thing I don't like in my life is debt. I run away from BC. I hate it with all my passion. 
He said, you know what we do? When you start your chambers, I'm going to be giving you briefs. So when you give me a bill, we divide it 50-50. I'll use 50% as repayment. You'll keep 50. And then we continue until you're able to settle this, your seven-digit debt. I said, oh, fine. Good opportunity. Now, I was working with a man that looks like Laban. The difference between this man was like Laban and Jacob. The only difference is that there's no Leah and there's no Rachel. <laughs> so, this man will not allow me to go. So, I gave him three months. Three months ended, he said, he did not want me to go. I said, okay, I have some cases in the court of appeal. I would, okay, I will carry these cases to my chambers free of charge. I will go and do those cases. Whatever happens, I will return your file to you. But I must go. I cannot share with him the miracle God has just done in my life. But I must move on. So eventually, let me cut a long story short. Do you know I never repaid that money? The man gave me two briefs and I brought my bill and I said, I said, Wally, go and collect your check from the accountant. He said, no, I pull you out from where you are so that you can go on your own. I'm not going to take a dime back from you. I just want you to start. I just want you to do something. That chamber is still what I've seen running till today without paying a dime to the man that jump-started my law practice for me. So, God can send destiny helpers to you. I did not pray for it. This man is not born again. This man is an Italian. At best, maybe he's a Catholic. This man does not go to church. He lives in a papa. But God, in his infinite mercy, decided to use him as a vessel. And he looked at me one day. I didn't ask for it. I didn't beg for it. I didn't even pray for him. I'm praying. He's not going to be on the list of those I will look up to. I will look up to friends. I will look up to family. I will look up to other people, richer people, who probably are even richer than him to help me. But this man, in fact, the accountant, is late now, was shocked. But why would this man be interested in you? I said, I don't know too. I said, sometimes I'm even scared of taking such gifts. But God knew it was time to raise me up again. And he used an instrument totally unrelated to me. He's not my family. He's not a Nigerian. He's not a Christian. He's not a member of my church. And God used him to settle me. Believe you me, if that man has not jump-started my practice again, I don't know where I would have been. God's gotten so bad those days, I will write CVs. I will send it all over the place. By the time I get there, it will be my junior or the bar that will be interviewing me. So I know I've already filled the interview. You know the problem with lawyers is that you cannot work with somebody who's junior to you. You, must, you can only work with those who are senior to you. So when you go to an interview and you see somebody who's your junior at IFE or wherever at the law school, you say you're in trouble. Because you know, how are they going to respect you? When you go to court, you are supposed to lead them. It is the senior that leads the junior. So when your junior now gives you a job, and is the head of chambers, who is going to lead you when you get to court? So you know you're already defeated. So I need to start my own. And God raised up this man, and he showed up. And his name alone is glorified. And I want to assure you that destiny pass are all over. They are there waiting for you. Yours will visit you. Yours will call you. And they will help you to fulfill your purpose and destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. Even recently, we just moved to our new house about a year ago. It's for the same issue of destiny help us, but in another dimension. Because the man who eventually sold the house to us without even paying is this man that was supposed to be my adversary. He was only my client. He was in trouble. He was in financial crisis. And things were going bad for him. And he was owing my client so much money. And my client just called me while we are going to a meeting in a Chinese restaurant. I want you to deal with a man. And I want you to collect my money from him. Take him to court. Make his life miserable. Whatever. I said, okay. No problem. Let's get there. He gave him a, a, a Toyota Camry. 
I'm going to collect it from him. I'm keeping the duplicate key, the paper is with me. You must collect that car back and he must return my money. So I got to the place and I met this man. Oh God, what is the problem? He said, well, things are very bad for me. I live in Egbeda uh, right now. I live in a flooded street. Things are so bad. I came from the U.S. and things are not working well. We are supposed to do a project together. And this project is not going well. But your client has spent some money. He has bought a car for me. But I need that car. And I don't want to give that car away. What can you do? So I told my client, I said, okay, let me be a mediator between the two of you. Use my own retainership as security for this man. Give me the key to the car. Give me the papers. I will stand as guarantor for him. If he doesn't pay all the money he owes you and this car, I will bear the burden. And if you want to sue me, get another lawyer and sue me. But I will stand between the two of you and I will not allow you. This man is already on the ground. Don't kick him again. Let's have mercy upon this man. And that was it. And the man can say, oh, well, that's the way you want it. And he gave me the car keys. Gave me all the papers. And I did photocopy and I gave it to the man. I said, I'm just trusting God. I don't know you from anywhere, but I will make sure. I trust God that God will set to you and perfect your way. Years down the road, the man eventually got another developer to help him to do his project. And in first phase, they built 32 units of three-bedroom duplexes and whatever. And I always come in there. Eventually, was able to pay the money. He paid the balance on the car, 3.5 million. Whatever I was owing my client, he paid everything. And eventually, I gave him all the papers, took the check, and I forgot about it. And then someday, the man came to my office and said, God asked him that he should have a relationship with me that should be his lawyer. Said me. I said, you know, we are on the other side. He said, no, I gave some cancer that you could not overlook. And that inside of him, he knew that this man is just not a lawyer. He's like a prophet. He's like somebody who has helped him. He's like somebody God sent to him that he won't, he won't forget me for the rest of his life. That if he have taken any step at that time, there's nothing he could do. He doesn't have the money to even fight. That everything. But I just showed up like an angel that has never seen anybody go against his old client like I did. I said, no, I didn't go against my client. I only obeyed the one who created me. And that I just have to show mercy. Because he showed mercy to him, we show mercy. Show compassion to him, we show compassion. And don't kick somebody's on the ground. Cut the long story short. When the man started the second phase of that, I said, well, you are still living in the but you're a big man. Come and take one of the terrorist houses. I said, ah, I don't have enough money. These terrorist houses that people are selling for 75 million, 65 million. I said, no. We want it. The rest of this street, my wife knows. But that's the house where we are living today. I parked into that house before I paid for that house. The man said, pick one of this one. I want to even live here. I'm living where I'm living. I'll come and join you guys here because you're a brother indeed. This man attends Celestial Church of Christ. He's not a born again Christian. But the truth is that God raised him as a destiny helper. When I needed, because Pastor Professor had my 50th birthday, he said, Wale, this is the last birthday you are going to do in this house. And I was laughing, Pastor, hey, okay, I'm listening to you. But the work came to pass. And this man offered us a four bedroom terrace house with two sitting rooms. And that's where I'm living today by the grace of God. I packed in and pay. I did not pay to pack in. I packed into a brand new house and I paid later. So I want you to rise up on your feet. There's nothing Almighty God cannot do. I'm just sharing my story with you. That is the only thing that makes this man to look like a big boy. I'm not a big boy. I'm just a son of God. I'm just a child of God. I'm just looking up to God. God Almighty is my source. God is the one sending destiny helpers to me. As they are sent to me, there's nothing special about it. I'm not a gym, gym, gym person. No, I can wake up in the morning and not pray. That's the truth. Don't let me fool you. There are some days I just go, I'm on, ah, motivate. So if God is going to wait for me to pray, I think I will have become history. But because of his mercy, 
because of his grace, because of who he is. That's why I'm standing before you sharing my testimony with you. And I know that if God can do it to me, many of you are even holier than I am. You don't know what goes inside of me. Many of you even know the Bible more than I do. That means he can do greater things in your life. But you must humble yourself before him. You must allow God to be God in your life. You cannot afford to be smarter than God. Humble yourself. Get out of yourself. Let him empty you of everything and anything that makes you to think you are big. You are not big, oh. God is big. And God will raise your own destiny. I don't know where they are today. From the four corners of the globe, they will look for you. They will locate you. They will show up for you. I don't know what area of challenge. I've just shared two of my own challenges. Others have different challenges. But whatever your challenge may be, by the authority of the Most High God, by the grace of God upon the serving of our son and every one of us that have been serving God from a, from a clean heart, God will show up for you. If it is husband, God will give you your own husband. If it is a wife, God will give you your own wife. If it is your house, God will give you your own home. In the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever it is, if it is your career that needs lifting up, Almighty God will lift up your career. God will show up for you. It's not about the amount of money I have in my bank. I've just shared with you. I don't have money to set up a practice. Somebody just gave me a seven-figure share to start a practice. I don't have enough money to buy a fourth-bedroom terrace house. God just say pack in and pay later. That is the only God that can do that. No man can do that except. And I know that same God is your God. That same God is my father is your father. And if you are not belong to the same family, I want you to cry out to God, Lord, that God will do your own in the name of Jesus. Every area where you need him will show up for you. Every area where you need his touch, he will touch you. God will show up for you. God will come through for you. His name will be glorified. Ask God to send your destiny helpers to you. Wherever they may be, they will locate you. They will grant to you quickly in the mighty name of Jesus. They will show the same mighty on your behalf in the name of Jesus. They will mentor you. They will show up. They will pass. They will just help you. And your name, O Lord, will be glorified. Thank you, everlasting Father. We bless your holy name, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Because of time, I will not be able to read other scriptures. But I want to submit to anyone who is there and you don't have God as your father. The Bible says, as many as have received him, to them we gave power to become the son of God. You cannot enjoy that privilege if you are not his son. You cannot enjoy that privilege if you are not his daughter. I want to challenge you this morning to check your relationship with God Almighty. Is he your father? If he's my father, he's your father. Check the way you relate with your father. Check the way we walk with him. The only ability I always tell God every day I wake up, I say, Lord, the only ability I have is my dependability. The ability to depend upon you. I don't know any law. I don't have anything. I say, Lord, take over this LLBBL and use it for your glory. Help me in my weakness. Let your own strength be made perfect. You know where I'm coming from. You know where I've gone through in my life. And you know what I'm still going to go through. But you are the only one who can help me. Be real with God, friends. Don't be tired with your God. Be real with him. And I can show you that he will go. He will show for you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father. Give me Jeremiah 29, 11 in closing the message version. Jeremiah 29, 11, the message version. The greatest helper is the almighty God. The Bible says he's ever present in time of need. He's our helper. He's our sustainer. He's the one who can help us. But I want you to know that irrespective of what you are going through today, he knows what he's doing. Look at what Jeremiah 29, 10 to 11 says. This is the word, God's word on the subject as soon as Babylon 70 years are up and not a day before, I will show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. 
plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. This scripture has come forth in my life many times. God has a plan for you. It's a plan to take care of you. It's not a plan to abandon you. God will not abandon you. God will take care of you. God will perfect all that concerns you. God will give you joy unspeakable in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. It is well with your spirit. It is well with your soul. It is well with your body. In the mighty name of Jesus. It is well with your marriage. It is well with your destiny. Go forth and make a difference. Go forth and conquer. Go forth and take territories for God. In the mighty name of Jesus. You cannot serve a big God and remain small. God will show up for you. Every day of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I can now close and bless you with Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember your offerings and accept your bond sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are bowed down and falling. But we have risen and stand upright. Save Lord. May the king answer you when you call. In Jesus mighty name we are prayed. Thank you, thank you. Let's thank you. Let's appreciate God this morning. Let's bless him. Let's praise him. Let's honor him. Let's adore him. Let's glorify his holy name. Thank you, thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. I pray that the word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, Remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.